Nobody ever got fired for buying an IBM, right? What a fearful way to do business. You've made just enough safe choices to stay alive, but not enough to matter. Is that what you want? That little gem was from AMC's Halt and Catch Fire. If you're not familiar with the show, it takes place in the early 80s and focuses on the early days of the personal computer industry. And I just rewatched the first episode and that particular line stuck out to me. So many times I feel that as employees, as marketers, as business owners or entrepreneurs, we just do what we've always done. Why? Well, because we've always done it that way. This is the eighth episode of Unravel Ideas, the podcast. Apparently that makes it a real podcast or something. Apparently most podcasts don't make it this far. This past week, I had a few technology hiccups, including losing my MacBook Pro or it dying, uh, and I actually purchased the Surface that I talked about a few weeks ago. Anyway, I almost didn't make it to episode eight. And uh, that being said, this episode is a little different. I won't be doing the three things segment. Um, But over the past week, while I was waiting and trying to figure out what was going on, I did some thinking, and then I watched that episode of Halt and Catch Fire, and it got me thinking even more. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. What proves to us is that people don't buy what you do, people buy why you do it. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Because I'm always about depth versus width. Depth versus width. Communicate an idea in a way that resonates, change will happen, and you can change the world. So... A few weeks ago, I wrote about raising the average. That was talking about baby steps, important steps or an important reminder, but taking care of the small things, just working harder and and making the extra effort. This is not about that. This also isn't about moonshot thinking. If you want some big leap inspiration, read Eric Holtgren's moonshot thinking post on LinkedIn Pulse. I'll post it in the show notes. I can't say it better than that, so if that's what you're looking for, please read it. This is about asking the right questions, questions that will lead you to either work harder, smarter, blow it up, and shoot for the moon. This is about some words a high school teacher said in a class I had 12 to 13 years ago. Great teacher, Mr. Corbel, he said, always feel free to question authority, but raise your hand first, and he meant it. If a question was posed with respect and an honest attempt to gain insight, it flew in his class. This isn't so much about questioning a person of authority, although it may lead to that. No, it's about questioning the status quo. For me, this is questioning the podcast and looking for your honest feedback as we move forward. You've taken the time to listen, so I want to know what could be done to make this podcast better in the next 880 or 800 episodes, whatever it comes to. This episode is about asking what if and an important accompanying question and statement, why and no. I firmly believe that if we as creatives, marketers, and business leaders asked what if, why, and then said no more often, we can make better choices and improve the work we do. This isn't about squashing, critiquing, or a disgruntled refusal to do things. This is about looking for a better way to execute and produce and making space for the ideas to flourish all the way up until we have to ship them. This is about making sure everyone is making progress towards the objectives of whatever initiative we're working towards. If you want to ship something great, I think you can use these three ideas, what if, why, and no, to formulate the ideas better, solidify the direction, and then produce as a team. First, let's start with why. Can you always ask it? Can you always say, why are we doing this? You should be able to. If you truly want to create an environment where your creations, where your work is the best that it can be, you always need to ask why. Honestly ask it and discuss it. Why are we doing it this way? Because everybody does? Because we did it this way in the last time, in the past? Because it's the industry says so? Or is it because we can connect, engage, and build something better? It's not always the answer that's important, it's the pause and the validation, or at least a moment for everyone to buy in to this new idea or this question. 
So can you ask that where you work? Do you ask that where you work? An important part of asking why is to follow it up. In order to avoid being the naysayer, we need to follow it up and say, what if? And it needs to be honest, just like why does. Why are we doing it this way? What if we did this instead? X. Discuss. What if we did X instead of Y? I think A would happen instead of B. Discuss. Now you can have meaningful conversations because you're comparing, not just complaining. Now you can try to evaluate the norm against the new and choose which path you want to take. This, overall asking these questions, is not the safe path to take. You're introducing risk. But like the clip says, you've made just enough safe choices to stay alive, but not enough to matter. He goes on to say, this is not about not losing. This is about you finally having the confidence to walk out on the ledge and know that you're not going to fall. It's a juxtaposition of safety in results versus safety in the process. When an organization or team's goal is to be safe, the results will be safe. But when your organization's process is to create a safe environment to create change, confidence soars, risks are taken, and things do change. Art is shipped, not just products, but art. Not commodities, but connections. And if you're out there doing business or communicating for a living, you have to strive for the connections, not the commodities. You need to strive for differentiation, not me too. Because the thing about that scene in Halt and Catch Fire is that he was right. Nobody at that time got fired for buying an IBM. We didn't even have a graphical user interface from Xerox Parks Labs or Apple or Microsoft. We didn't have them until people asked why and then said what if, and then said no to certain things in order to provide the proper room to work and grow that. When they did ask those questions, well, a short time later, people started getting fired for buying IBMs, and then IBM stopped making computers. And then we got laptops, we got smartphones, we got Siri, and we got virtual reality now because safe environments were created. Some of that moonshot thinking, being able to take the given opportunity to blow it all up and build something audacious. But some of it was just made up of small granular changes. And all of it started with asking why and what if. Now I've mentioned no before, but let's get to no in a little more depth. I mean, just come straight out and say it. No is just as good of an answer as yes. No if, answer, buts about it. There are just as many good uses for no as a response as there are for yes. You need to remember this if you're managing a team, and you shouldn't be afraid to use no if you're part of a team. If you're afraid to use no, there are a couple of things to check. First, should you really be using no? The same can be said for yes, but should you be using the word no? Should that be your response? And second, are you in an environment focused on building something great, or are you in a place where the focus is on the status quo? Because if you're focusing on the status quo, no is probably not valid. So be honest with yourself here. No is valid, but is it valid in this case? And is it valid in this environment? Like, no, I don't think we should be talking about deliverables because we haven't spent time determining the objectives or the KPIs of this project. Or no, we aren't going to add that because we'll miss our ship date. And although that's a common part of similar projects, it just doesn't seem to line up with the unique objectives of this one. Changing the project again at this point will jeopardize people even knowing this project exists. See, for each of those no's, there's an inherent yes. No, we aren't going to add this. Really means, yes, we're still going to ship on time. It's just more direct. And today, to be honest, we lack the candor to be direct. It's a shame and it wastes time. No is not just a waste of time used by whiners. No is an important part, a necessary part. Ask why, pose what if, and then say no to everything that gets in the way of delivering after you've set the goals. This isn't about moonshot thinking. This is about the day-to-day. It's about stopping the flow of mediocrity, me-toos, and so on and so on. No is about freeing up the time, the space, the energy, and the creativity needed to perfect the core. Here's an example. It's my example. 
no, I don't play video games anymore. Why? Because I asked myself, what if I spent more time making a podcast and writing posts? Why would I do that? Because the status quo answer for me was to binge watch Netflix, to play video games, and to relax. The evenings, the weekends, etc. But I wanted to produce, I wanted to create, and I had a drive to interact with a sea of brilliance that I flow through every single day in the work environment, in my social life. I wanted to interact deeper. And like I said before, this is episode 8. This is the episode that signals that unraveled ideas is somehow real. I asked myself, what if I can get past my social anxiety and the fear that kept me from putting something out for six months after I started thinking about it? What if I could do that? I didn't know. I looked at what I needed to cut games and Netflix free up a decent amount of time. I said no to them. Why? To connect. And it's been great. Over the past couple of months, I've had more meetings, more discussions, more coffees, more chats with more people than probably in the previous year or two years combined. Because I set an objective, and then I asked what if, and then I asked why, and then I started saying no until I was at the point that the time to produce was carved out. And you've done it too. You've taken 10 to 12 minutes at least a few times to listen to this podcast. You've said, you've said no to something to listen or to engage and interact with me. And if it hasn't been worth it up to this point, do one of two things. Stop listening and do something better with your time because you have a surprisingly finite amount of it, or, and here's the one that I'd prefer, tell me why it isn't worth it. Tell me what you want to discuss. What direction should the next round of episodes take? One last thing, as I was going through the last round of edits here, I stumbled upon a YouTube video that happened to have a trailer for Billions in Charge, uh, which is a film about uh, Manoj Bhargava, the founder of 5R Energy, and uh, that trailer was the ad for the YouTube video that I wanted to watch A coincidence, yes, I watched it, and he said something that grabbed my attention. I'll play it. I'll also post a link to the film's site in the show notes. Here it is. There's an old story about a blind man heading towards a well, and there's a guy who's watching. If the blind man falls into the well, who gets the blame? If you're watching something that you can prevent, you gotta do something. If you're watching something that you can prevent, you've got to do something. He's talking world change, and I'm talking steps and strategy, smaller scale. But three thoughts, what if, why, and no. As always, I'm Pat, and you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Unraveled Ideas or via email at Pat Unraveled Ideas. I promise I will say no to something and respond. Engagement's that important. Have a great day, and I'll see you for episode nine.